0: Welcome back to The Pot of DC. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein. I hope you're having a fine, fine day. Well, 2022 is coming to a close, and I hope this year you all found fulfillment, success, and were able to get back out in the world and reconnect with friends and family, face-to-face and staying healthy. Here at The Pot of DC, we continued our spotlights on fascinating people who entertain and inspire. And my next guest encapsulates that to a T. Kristen Bursett Harris is an award winning broadcaster whose familiar face you'll see here in the greater DC Baltimore metropolitan region as the host of Great Day Washington on WUSA TV Channel 9. For the first time on the pod, I had a chance to actually sit down with my guest face to face this time at the WUSA station, and talked with Kristen about her journey into broadcasting, her experiences with pageantry, and how competing and ultimately winning Miss Florida USA in 2004 helped her find her voice and confidence, to today, where having survived a second bout with breast cancer ultimately led her to where she was meant to be, on Great Day Washington, highlighting stories from around the region, interviewing celebrities, and having the time of her life. So without further ado, here's our special final guest on the pod for 2022. Kristen Bursette Harris. Enjoy.
1: My first TV gig, I was hosting a fishing show in Florida. That was like my first gig and I didn't get paid for it the first year. I had done some like teaching people how to play casino type videos. Um, I'd been modeling and hosting for about 15 years. Mm. I was like, well, I should use this journalism degree. Maybe I'll go to a local TV station or find this hosting job, and I wanted to go to Los Angeles. And the agent there was like, "Nope, go back to Florida. <laughs> you can be like every other 22 year old blonde girl that wants to come out here to LA." Oh, I just, boy. I just competed at the Miss USA pageant. Yeah, and I that was the year after I graduated college, so I hadn't even you won. I won Miss I mean, Florida, you were Florida, I right, Miss Florida, and yeah. a semifinalist. So. I won Miss Florida two months after I graduated college, so I didn't, have, I didn't really have right. to look for a job full-time one anyway so I did that and the Miss USA was in LA and I was like I want to go to LA I want to be this big time TV host and the agent out there was like go back to Florida use the contacts you have you need to get that wear and tear and that experience under your belt before you could really figure out what it is you want to do mm-hmm. and I had wanted to do entertainment but that was the years of like Paris Hilton and Nicole Ritchie and it was so salacious mm-hmm. it like wasn't fun entertainment anymore. So gossipy. I mean, it's still gossipy to an extent, but it just kind of, I lost interest in it a little bit. So then, yeah, I hosted a fishing show. I did it for about three years. One of the best gigs I've ever had. I took
0: you to the Middle East.
1: That took me to Kuwait and Iraq. It was literally, it was a tarpon fishing tournament and it was broadcast throughout the state of Florida. And like I said, didn't get paid the first year. It was only a six week gig out of the year. But it was great. I wake up at 4.30. My set was the beach. I mean, I literally (laughs) stood on the beach for four or five hours interviewing fishermen as they came in. I had no script. You know, we ad-libbed the entire show. And I literally had five minutes between when a team brought a fish in and when they went back out. So everything was on the fly. It was such a great learning experience. Mm -hmm. And then the following year, we put on a fishing tournament in Baghdad. And who knew this little fishing show would take me halfway around the world.
0: Unbelievable. Sailing
1: with the U.S. Navy, staying on Victory Base Complex, you know, learning about everything that our servicemen and women were doing. And we shipped over like 12,000 pounds of fishing poles, T-shirts, lures, everything. And we had about 400 servicemen and women that fished with us on Z Lake in Baghdad. It was like a bright blue sky, Blackhawks flying overhead. It was Really quite amazing. Wow. And we'd sit by the campfire with them on the bases, and we'd hear about their families and those that went into the neighborhoods and helped the Iraqi families, and it was just fascinating. But this whole show that I took a leap of faith on, that took a leap of faith on me, and it turned into award-winning journalism and a really unforgettable experience. And it wasn't, again, wasn't scripted. It was so, you really never knew what was going to happen. I think that's why I love live television so much. Mm -hmm. Even on our show, if we have a script, we can have breaking news, we've had cameras go down, we've had packages that don't run, we have videos that don't run, you know, you just have to be ready. And that's the, that's the excitement of it all.
0: It takes that just ability to kind of roll with it. Is that something that you just develop with time and experience? Is it an X factor? You have it or you don't. You can be very learned in the school of journalism and and technically, but I mean, to be able to, like you say, if a breaking news story comes in, to transition, to strike the right tone yourself, regardless of how you feel emotionally, you need to meet the moment. You born with it?
1: I think a little bit. I mean, you have to be comfortable up there, right? Whether it's just somebody says, Rick, get up on stage and tell us about so-and-so for five minutes. And you just have to be comfortable with it. Mm. Some people are really good off-the-cuff live or even scripted, but live. Some people need to have a teleprompter to read. And reading a teleprompter is a skill in itself. It is. (laughs) A lot of people can't do it. It's really not as easy as it seems. That's right. To read it and be entertaining and be exciting, so I think you do have to have a little bit of that within you. I mean, there's still somewhat some trepidation when you go up on stage. You and I've co-hosted pageants together. There's times where you got to stretch for five minutes because they can't add things up correctly. You
0: got to get it added up. You got to get that evening gown kind of, you right. know, just right. or
1: Technical problems. You know, the more you know about your subject, the better you can get up there. I'm not going to get up there and tell jokes and be like super funny but I know whether it's the world of pageantry or if I'm doing something for an organization, you know enough about them to talk about it a little bit more, thank people for being there, Mm -hmm. get people involved, get the audience involved. Who are you rooting for? Who are you cheering for? I don't know. I thrive off of that.
0: Now, pageantry gave you that confidence in some ways, wouldn't you think? I mean, to make it to the level of winning Miss Florida in 04, '04, two months after you graduate college and then become a semifinalist ultimately in the Miss USA organization. Yep. You got to be able to be sharp on those interviews and those questions.
1: I had no problem on stage. I had been modeling since I was 12, doing fashion shows. So I had no problem getting up and walking in front of people. Now being in a pageant dress and high heels and having to smile the whole time is a little bit different than walking (laughs) a fashion runway where you're never smiling. I found out my junior year of college, they came through the sorority house in Florida recruiting for Miss Gainesville, USA. I'm like, what is this USA system? So I looked it up. There's no talent portion. I'm like... Gold. This is perfect (laughs) for me. And so I talked to my parents. It was a lot less expensive to enter at that time. And I did the Miss Gainesville pageant and I was a nervous wreck. Nervous wreck. I mean, I wasn't smiling. My posture wasn't great. I didn't place. I didn't do anything. But the directors came up to me who was a former Miss Florida and she said they saw something in me. Mm. They would like for me to keep going. We'll work with you. We'll help you. So I did, I think I placed like second runner-up once that year. And then the following year, I came back. I worked on it some more. I worked on interview. I worked on walking, you know, and posing and smiling and everything. And I won Miss Central Florida, competed at Miss Florida for the first time and won my first time out, which even when I look back at those videos, Rick, it's like, what in the world? (laughs) Like hair didn't look great. My dress was a little too short, but that's okay. Like I just went out there and had a good time and showed them my personality. But I worked with a coach on my interview skills. And one of the judges said, he asked every contestant the same question. It was like, if you could be a character from a book, who would you be? Most everybody did like a Disney princess and like Cinderella or whatnot. I was like, I want to be Nancy Drew. I love solving mysteries. Right. Like, she's a tomboy. boy. I love all of that. He's like, You gave one of the most unique answers. And then, after that, getting ready for Miss USA, I mean, I did mock interview after mock interview. I practiced walking. I practiced posing. I just did a lot of interview work. And I yeah. think that just helped with my self confidence to be on stage. I had no problem getting up there. It was exuding that self confidence. And I just found that through all the training that I did. And that for sure helped me in everything I do today.
0: What mindset do you bring in? Do you bring in what's an extension of what Kristen would be on stage? Or is it just the right stuff when it comes to just groundedness? Or is it how they, I know a lot of it comes across in the interviews.
1: Just tell me your story. You're the expert at this point. I don't want a rehearsed answer. I don't want you to read something. I just want you. Mm -hmm. And that kind of goes with whomever you're talking to or whatever interview you're doing. You're the expert in you, not me. I want you to tell me about you. I want you to tell me about this product. I want you to tell me about your business. I know nothing. I don't need a rehearsed thing. And that comes across to people as well. But just be yourself. There's nothing rehearsed. We just want to know you, and that's it. Some of our guests are screwed. Like, we have certain questions we have to ask. But a lot of times, it's kind of like, they give us an outline. We have our booking form with questions. And I always tell them, like, I'm going to try my best to follow this, but you just be prepared. Cause if you say something that I'm going to jump on, then just be ready, but I'm not here to stump you. Right. Um, but yeah, it's still a skill. I mean, if, especially when it's somebody else's story, it's mm-hmm. absolutely hard. And you just want to make sure you get it all out. And then if you have somebody that talks a lot in a long time like me, then sometimes you lose your train of thought <laughs> if you were going.
0: <laughs> so you, you'd you rather work off no notes than it's you're not compromising research and understanding who you're talking to beforehand, but just saying there's no set, like maybe your lead. And then from whatever they say, it's like, okay, there's a seed of something there. Let's go in this direction, that direction.
1: Yes and no. I mean, with what we do when we have six lo- six interviews a show, I can't feel comfortable enough just going off of that. Like, I mean, I've got my notes and the things that I've read about that I want to hit. We don't always hit them all, but at least I feel comfortable having something there. I know. I can't. Right. Unless It'll it's something people. I've worked on and it's the only thing I'm working on. I know. I need to have a cheat sheet there in front of me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now I'm with you.
1: It, but it's the same thing with like a speech. I, I gave a speech in October in Boston. I wrote the whole thing out. I didn't follow a darn thing, and never write it. Even if I bo- I but mean, but you I, got
0: it out, and it got somehow yeah. it got through here, right? Yeah. And so then just so by just
1: putting it out, just it's putting like it okay, down. now it's and then if I get nervous, I just peek over and be like, oh, that's the story I was gonna tell. That's what yeah. it was. Right,
0: yeah. and it's also good to have it in front of you when you're announcing the winner of a pageant.
1: That helps. <laughs> when I hosted Miss Florida this year, reading the names, I'm like please just let this be right they moved so fast the auditor wasn't ready so i we did have to like stall I had to ask the current miss florida like more and more and more questions mm-hmm. and even just reading it to this day it's like oh please just let me have the right name because i've been a contestant where the wrong person was crowned.
0: no joke really
1: when one that i was runner up and the wrong person was crowned they let her do her walk and then they stopped the whole thing and took it from her and like the family was there cheering and they took the crown took Sash took the flowers, took everything from her. Because she was actually fourth runner-up.
0: out, too? Did they have to escort him, him or her out? I, mean,
1: I know. Oh my so the woman that they announced was actually fourth runner-up. But they had listed whoever was filling out the form. Did the first at the, the, the top. first at the top and didn't list the fourth runner-up. So they thought she was the winner. At that point, you just give the poor girl. Were
0: you part. also looking like, really? Hmm. I'm
1: glad I went in uh, part of that.
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, I'm always worried. And I've called people by the wrong name. And so I even get nervous to this. Does that
0: sit with you like it does me? It sits with me. Like even after a fundraiser, I'll forget that that there'd be a part in the program where we didn't do the sponsor things. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it takes me a day or two to like get over some of these little hiccups.
1: I was telling the story the other day when I was in Baltimore, I was doing an event for Gary Williams. And I don't know if it was a charity event. I don't think it was his retirement yet, but I was supposed to interview Juan Dixon. Mm. And I was new to Baltimore, so I didn't really know the players that well. So I did all my research, I had all my notes. It was like... Not necessarily a live interview, but there were fans everywhere. And so, like, 10 minutes before we're supposed to do it, they're like, Juan's not coming. You're going to interview Steve Francis. And I'm like, I'm not prepared for this. So I'm Googling whatever, just trying to get whatever, talking to anybody. And I was so nervous. And all these fans are sitting here. So I started my interview, and I'd hear this groan from all the audience or the fans. And Steve just kind of looked at me and I'm like, what? What happened? Like, you just called him Juan Dixon. That's Steve Francis. And I had no recollection of doing it. Uh, and yeah, I go, well, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, can we try this again? And Steve's like, it was nice meeting you, but no, I'm done. And he walked away. He wouldn't uh, even finish really? the interview. Yeah. Oh, geez. So that's something that's always stuck with me. Even when oh, I interview Tiger Woods, it's like, okay, yes, that's Tiger Woods. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Still to this day sticks
0: with yeah. me. Who, who else is kind of singular in that way that you've met?
1: Had John Travolta, Garth Brooks, Keith Urban, right, Gloria <laughs> Stefan. None of them. <laughs> I don't think I'm confusing any of those, especially Garth Brooks. He's my favorite. Yeah. Um Taraji.
0: Mm. DC.
1: Yeah, a lot of those. Glenn Close. She was a great one too. Glenn Very Close cool. and Christian Slater.
0: But part of me is like, you know what, kind of play with it. Like, why does the reaction have to be so, oh, no, it's over. It's done. You you can't just kind of have some fun with this here and just know that I'm doing the best job I can here. So it is interesting with people.
1: I bruise their ego. As if
0: it shouldn't have been already, like, solidified that they know that, hey, I'm good (laughs) enough, smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Right. So fishing and then, I mean, Ravens. So you were sidelined with Ravens for six years, right?
1: Yeah. So I, before coming here to WSA nine, I was at Fox 45 in Baltimore and I made the jump from news. I was a news anchor in Panama city Mm -hmm. after while I was doing my fishing and then made the jump to sports. So sports and entertainment were the two sides I always wanted. When entertainment became a little, not my genre, my thing anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I really focused more on sports so I covered the Ravens for a couple of years there, and then when I came here to the station, I worked for the Ravens, and I hosted the Ravens Report show, which again...
0: Won awards.
1: It did win a lot of awards. They have a great production. Rave TV has a great production staff over there, so I'm giving them all the credit. I'm not taking any credit <laughs> for that. But completely unscripted. You know, the only thing I really had to make sure I followed the rules was my interview with Coach Harbaugh. Couldn't really spring anything on him. Players would come in. It was just... Another incredible learning experience where I was learning the sport and learning the team as I was going as well. And these players would teach me things while I'm trying to talk to the audience as well. But nothing was scripted. Nothing. Um, So I did that show for three years, four years. And then covered the Super Bowl. The first professional football team that I covered was the Ravens. And the Orioles were the first professional baseball team. So I've become fans of them. Yeah. Especially working for that organization, the Ravens organization. It's an incredible organization. Mm -hmm. I root for the commanders. I root for the nationals. I've covered them for so many years. I'm driving to go do an interview or go shoot a story, or especially when I was covering the Nats. And you drive by the Washington Monument and you drive by the Kennedy Center. And it's like, this is my backyard. I know. <laughs> Some people have never been here to the nation's capital, and it's a bucket list thing for them, and especially on a bright, beautiful blue day, like with the National Cathedral is right down the station from us. Like, it's just, this is cool. This is my backyard.
0: This is very cool. So unique, you know. Oh, absolutely. And unlike any and other big city, you just don't see all these other things that you would see. And we know, get great
1: you know? musical acts and great theater. It's just the culture and everything is just incredible here. And we just have so much fun on our show. We give you a little bit of news. We got a little bit of pop culture. And then we'll have performances on. We'll have chefs on. We're showing you all the great food that's in this area. Mm -hmm. All the incredible talent that's in this area. We're a lifestyle show. So we just want to help you grow. We want to help you be the best version of yourself. I know, you know, in the new year, there'll be a lot of fitness segments, a lot of wellness segments, because that's what everybody's talking about. We just want to have fun. And we want to celebrate the culture That is uh, Maryland, DC, Virginia. There's incredible people here, much talented people, and I get the pleasure to meet them and see them perform. And it's just, it's so fun. We have a great team. This, you asked me, Rick, like kind of what I wanted to do. And this type of show, Great Day Washington, Mm -hmm. is the type of show that I always wanted to do. I get to meet interesting people, I get to tell interesting stories, get to have fun, get to be silly, get to experience you know, the, the community in ways that I never maybe would have thought of. I have a great co-host. We have a great team. It's just fun. There's always something and we've made good friends with, you know, other people that are always coming through the city. And I will say this part, you know, talk about kind of taking that leap and the, being the comfort zone. I was the sports director here for six years. And after close to that six years when I was diagnosed with breast cancer for the second time. And I always say that that diagnosis, I was 36. It was a month before my wedding Second time was such a blessing to me because I was, I love sports and I loved reporting sports. It just, the way the industry was going, it wasn't my cup of tea anymore. Um, It wasn't fulfilling me every day. And so I took time off to have surgery and radiation treatment. And while I was off, this opportunity for Great Day Washington came up. I saw it in my work email and I had asked to be a part of the show when it launched, but they had already hired everybody. And so I emailed the executive producer. I'm like, can I throw my name in the hat for this? And she and I had gotten to know each other over the years. So I had to come in and audition like everybody else. I had already filled in once. um, So they had that. I went to radiation treatment in Baltimore. I was in the middle of radiation. And then once I finished there, I drove here to D.C., did my audition. And I just felt like as a stepmom, a new wife, a survivor, I just had a different place in my life. Mm. But I don't think I ever would have done that. If it wasn't for what had happened to me, sometimes those things kind of knock you off your feet a little bit. And I was like, well, what opportunity can I take from this now? And that's what I did five years ago. And I've been a part of this great team for the last five years. It's
0: amazing. I mean, not only survivor, but thriver going through that two times. Your first diagnosis was when, how old were you? I
1: now? was 27. 27. 27. I had literally just come to Baltimore. It was 2009. I worked at Baltimore for about six months and I had been misdiagnosed twice. So I had had it for over a year before I was properly diagnosed at Hopkins. But I was 26, 27. You know, it's kind of like, all right, let's get it done. Let's get back to work, this new job. I wasn't married, all this stuff. Um, Had a bilateral mastectomy, did all that. I was like, all right, moving on with my life. Lo and behold, seven years later, I'm like, something's not Mm. and I just knew at that point Mm -hmm. so this time I decided to take time for myself I have to go through all this stuff I'm going to spend time with my new husband with my new family Mm -hmm. and really just figure out what it is I want in life and so I kind of took that time and then took this leap and I asked and they granted me an audition and here I am having so much fun really honestly (laughs) in my career aside from my fishing show this is up there with as much fun as I've ever had
0: you see those spots and those segments. I mean, you're sitting next to Jimmy Buffett. You've got uh, Snoop Dogg on the oh, uh, on Snoop the couch. Was amazing. I was going to say, what happened that the um, the studio didn't seem to uh, smoky, So I don't know if he was he just left all that out, out in the front circle.
1: <laughs> he could not have been more incredible.
0: Oh my god! So you got to hang with him a little bit?
1: We did, yeah. And he was late to the show, so we actually he was supposed to be live, but we taped him and. Everybody from the newsroom, including my bosses, came in and sat in the studio. So I'm nervous because the bosses are right there. And I'm doubly nervous because it's Snoop Dogg. And he just had a ball with everybody. And his handlers had said, like, nobody asks for pictures, only like the host can get photos. So he took a photo with me and my co host at the time. And he turned to the audience and was like, anybody else want a photo with me? Of course, everybody clamored. Like, he
0: just generous. He he was generous.
1: I mean, Mm -hmm. you could, you knew that Snoop Dogg was in the building. You could smell Snoop Dogg walking down the hallway. <laughs> so you knew what he was deodorant? in the building. Yeah, he had kind of really strong cool water cologne? Smelled like some kind of plant. <laughs> That's what he smelled like that day. And a lot of those A-listers are very amazing. They don't need to do our shows. They don't need to do local television. But they understand the impact and the reach that they can have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we've had some incredible celebrities on here.
0: But how cool to be a conduit of that. Of great stories, Mm -hmm. of celebrities, their experiences, the latest, greatest, the restaurants, the movies, the, you know, the little pumpkin patch out in Leesburg, who's putting on a little
1: And those are some of my favorite. I I love those. Falling
0: on the ski slopes. Oh, that was great too.
1: (laughs) I miss those days. But the best compliment could be, there's two things people say, they either say, especially if they haven't been on TV before, Mm -hmm. wow, you guys made that really easy for us. And then we had so much fun in four minutes that's what they say. And that's all we want from them too. We want them to have a great memory. We're a vehicle for them to reach the community and we just want them to shine. So we try and make it as easy and be as prepared as we can for them.
0: Kristen, this has been a blast. You have been on my list for a long time to sit down and talk to. And um, I appreciate you sharing your story again of just entertainment, fun. We got sports. We got just about everything but the survivorship and the thrivership. That's the other thing that I really want to just call out and shed a light on. What a survivor you are. Attitude, physical, whatever it is, that to, to fight this thing off two times is amazing. Thank so you. So you're an inspiration.
1: Thank you. It's been quite a journey. If my story can help one person that's going through a tough time or with an unsure diagnosis, then that's why I share my story. I was always one to live life to, try and live life to the fullest, have experiences before then. But I think with that and then now with the pandemic, it's like, what are we doing next year? My husband and I said 2023, our word of the year is experiences. It's like the concerts we missed, the trips we wanted to take, the day trips, whatever. It's like just, we're alive and we're healthy, you know, enjoy it. Really celebrate it.
0: Yep, every day. Well, thank you so much. Again, you can catch Kristen on the WUSA Network, Channel 9. It's Great Day, Washington, from 9 to 10 a.m. on weekdays. You will see her smiling face. There's never a dull moment on that show.
1: Nope, we come to have fun
0: and entertain
1: and educate. Come join us.
0: (laughs) All the good things. Well, thanks so much, Kristen. Thank you. And thank you all for following and keeping up here with the Pod of DC through 2022. This was our last interview of the year. So thank you again so much, Kristen, for being a part of the Pod of DC. And thank you all for listening. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein, and we'll talk soon. The Pod of DC is a Voice of DC production. To catch up on previous episodes and to follow and subscribe, type in The Pod of DC wherever you get your podcasts.